It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, November 1st. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. An unmanned fishing vessel sank while at anchor in Sitka Sound on Friday night. The Coast Guard, Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation, and a local marine salvage company spent the weekend responding. In an interview with KCAW, Lieutenant Trevor Lehman said the Coast Guard received an automated distress alert around 6 p.m. on Friday. The 34-foot fishing vessel Fromm was sinking in Eliasson Harbor. The Coast Guard first determined that no one was on the boat at the time of its sinking and began cleanup and salvage efforts. At the time of the boat's sinking, fuel was actively discharging in the water. Working with marine salvage company Hanson Maritime, they set a containment boom and a team of divers plugged the vents that were releasing fuel. They recovered around 60 gallons of fuel on the boat. Then, on Sunday, the boat was towed to a new location and the containment boom was removed from the area. Sitka's Fish and Game Advisory Committee will lose its leader this week. Heather Bauscher has served in the committee's conservation seat for six years, with three years as chair. She's stepping down and calling for others to consider running in this week's election. Bauscher says she's proud of the work she's done to amplify local voices and navigate layers of fisheries management. She remembers a particularly intense period in 2021 when the AC was sometimes meeting twice a week to address Board of Fish, Finfish and Shellfish proposals. And I think we broke the record on public meetings during that Board of Fish Southeast cycle. We had more than 20 meetings. So. Bauscher was recognized as an exemplary leader by the Board of Fish in 2022. She says she's grateful to the committee for giving her a chance, first as an alternate, then as a full committee member, and finally as chair. I originally ended up involved because I was just a person in a corner with a notebook, like trying to understand how it all worked, and there happened to be a seat open. She says having diverse perspectives, including from younger Sitkins, is key to making change at the state level. She says interested Sitkins should consider running in Wednesday's election, even if they don't think they're qualified. If you're interested in serving at all in any capacity, you should just come to the meeting and see what happens. The Sitka AC will hold its regular meeting and elections on Wednesday at the Ensorah building and online from 6 to 8.30 p.m. You can find a link to the meeting on our website at kcaw.org. The state's Department of Transportation plans to fix Ketchikan's aging bridges in the next decade. That's a major focus of the state's long-term infrastructure plan for the community. The plan was announced at a community meeting on Tuesday at the Ted Ferry Civic Center. It includes $200 million worth of projects. KRBD's Jack Darrell reports. Yeah, thank you very much. Christopher Goines is standing at the podium in front of a large infographic of the Ketchikan waterfront. He's the South Coast Regional Director for the Alaska Department of Transportation and Public Facilities. He's discussing project number one, replacing the Ward Street Bridge, which he says is failing. We're keeping good eyes on it. One of the questions that I asked directly to our bridge engineers is, does this project come in time before we would have to wait rate that bridge? When he says wait rate, Goins means reevaluating the amount of weight the deteriorating bridge can safely handle and then limiting the flow of traffic across it. In the case of Ward Creek, that means changing it from two lanes to one. Goins says that if this project is implemented in time, that won't need to happen. The Alaska DOT listed 18 projects for Ketchikan between now and 2029. That includes two projects happening right now, which are part of the Gravina Access Project. That's the ongoing effort to help people get between Gravina Island, where the airport is, and Ketchikan. Another project, 
upgrading the viaduct at Water Street, was recently completed. Ketchikan's projects range in cost and length. The state says the Water Street Bridge will take less than a year and cost less than a million dollars. But repairing parts of the Tongass Avenue viaduct is a multi-year and multi-million dollar effort in the range of 50 to 60 million specifically. That bridge is slowly and steadily giving into gravity. I will say that the rest of the bridge is in a not great situation. Um, It is significantly deteriorated. I want to be careful when I say that. The Tonga Street Viaduct is the longest bridge structure in the state of Alaska. And repairing it, Goins says, won't be easy. Oftentimes when you're driving over it, you see buildings on either side and you think, oh, this isn't a bridge, this is covered, it's got ground underneath it. It is not. It is a bridge and it is an extensive amount of infrastructure and it has extensive challenges. The state has hired a Seattle-based engineering firm for consultation on the project. Goins says the deterioration of the bridge isn't cause for alarm yet. He says DOT's goal is transparency and community support. Our bridges are very, very smart people. They're doing the analysis, and they believe it will carry the loads. And I learned from personal experience that they believe it is not going to carry that and support the safety of you all who drive on it every single day. They will shut it down faster than I can blink. But residents attending the community meeting expressed concern not just about the weight of local traffic, but the infrastructure strain posed by tourism. Ketchikan has seen an increase in visitors to the city through cruise ship tourism. And with that brings double-decker buses and more foot traffic on the strained viaduct. Goins assures attendees that community growth and tourism will be considered in the planning of these projects. Down to the last axle, he says. Like, down to the last axle of cars and buses going over the viaduct. Both the Ward Creek Bridge and the Tongass Avenue Viaduct projects are slated to begin in 2025. The long-term plan also includes improvements to the ferry terminal and South Tongass Highway, a road that residents say has long been in disrepair. Crowded sidewalks and packed city buses aren't the only signs of a busy tourist season in downtown Juneau. In recent years, people have also noticed slower cell service. As KTOO's Katie Anastas reports, city officials are considering expanding public Wi-Fi in order to free up space on cell networks. Juno Tourism Manager Alexandra Pierce says complaints about cell service have been growing. Since the industry returned last year, we've had a fairly large volume of questions and complaints about whether or not the cruise ships are contributing to this issue, and they absolutely are. As cruises return to full capacity and ships themselves get bigger, more people are visiting Juno than ever. When all those visitors try using their cell phones, it can make service slower for everyone. Chris Murray is the city and borough of Juno's IT director. The cellular networks only have a certain amount of capacity, and that's why you see on a low ship day, it works just fine, but when you have more people, it's congested and nobody's happy. Now, in an effort to free up space on cell service networks, city officials are considering expanding public Wi-Fi service in the busiest parts of downtown during the tourist season. If we can slice off a chunk of passengers onto a public Wi-Fi, that frees up space on the cell networks. The Juneau Public Library has provided free Wi-Fi in Marine Park since 2018. Before that, tourists would often go to the downtown branch to use the internet. 
city officials reported more than 100 people used the Wi-Fi there each day, taking up the armchairs and spots at the desks. The library installed the Wi-Fi in Marine Park because there were a lot of people coming to the library to use the Wi-Fi, and it was creating some congestion issues for them. Marine passenger fees pay for the park Wi-Fi. The city spent $7,800 to set it up, and it costs about $2,000 per season to run it. When visitors use the Marine Park Wi-Fi, they're freeing up space in networks run by cell service providers, like AT&T and GCI. Those networks can slow down when there's a big influx of visitors. Expanding seasonal Wi-Fi would give more visitors a chance to get off the 4G and 5G networks, Pierce says. That's what we're looking at potentially doing. It's just expanding that Wi-Fi footprint to free up network capacity for local people trying to use their phones. The city's IT department is gauging internet providers' interest in adding Wi-Fi to a three-square-mile area downtown. Murray says it would start at the whale statue and go south along the waterfront. We would have to connect various access points all the way from the whale statue south, which means bouncing it off light poles and putting in a lot of infrastructure. The city has put out a request for information which can help city leaders get a sense of what it might cost and whether it's even feasible. The next step would be finding a funding source. The city's request for information closes next week. If the project moves forward, it could be the latest way the city adapts to record-breaking visitor numbers during tourist season. In Juneau, I'm Katie Anastas. Taking a look at the community calendar. The Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute holds an all-hands-on-deck conference Thursday through Saturday, November 2nd to 4th at the Hotel Captain Cook in Anchorage and online. Participants can find a registration link and more information at the community calendar posting. Sitka Homeless Coalition's Shelter Sitka campaign to raise funds for programs combating homelessness runs through December 31st. Programs include development of the Little House community and emergency shelter and dinner programs. To donate or learn more, visit sheltersitka.org or email schaeferdshc at gmail.com. The deadline to submit feedback on the draft Tourism Best Management Practices Plan is Wednesday, November 1st. The plan will move forward as is unless feedback is received from stakeholders. You can submit feedback at cityofsitka.com slash tourismtaskforce. And due to a problem resulting from a system update, the City and Borough of Sitka Utility Services portal is temporarily unavailable. You can call the utility office at 907-747-1818 to make payments or to request a copy of your bill. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. (laughs) 